Hey, everyone. Before we start today's show, I just want to remind you about the Bill Simmons podcast. You know about the Bill Simmons podcast, right? Bill Simmons, my boss, without whom this podcast wouldn't exist. The man who brought me and Jason together. The man who sometimes asks us whether extremely violent video games are appropriate for his kids. That Bill Simmons. His latest episode features NBA All-Star Kevin Durant on winning his first NBA title. Look at us landing the coveted interviews. You can subscribe to the Bill Simmons podcast now on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Hello and welcome to a special midweek bonus episode of Achievement Oriented, the Ringer's video game podcast. My name is Ben Lindbergh. I'm a writer for TheRinger.com and on the other line in LA, a safe distance from E3 and all the hustle and bustle. <laughs> it's my timed exclusive co-host, Jason Concepcion. Hey, Jason. Hey, how are you? Good. We uh, have been immersed in the E3 fire hose for a few days yeah. here, so we figured we'd better get a midweek pod up just reacting to all the news, all the big press conferences and presentations have come and gone. So we just want to take a quick run through the news. We'll be back with the usual regular episode on Friday, but I figured we could just do a winners, takeaways, positive impressions roundup from E3 so far, and then maybe end up with a few things that we were underwhelmed by sure. or skeptical about. This is E3. It's all about the hype. It's all about positivity. <laughs> I rarely come away from E3 with strong negative reactions to things because the whole point is to skew whatever your product is so that it looks better than it is. <laughs> so if you can't make it look good at E3 in a two-minute trailer, then you're really in trouble. So we should start with Nintendo, right? Like Nintendo sure. probably – this is – I don't know if this is an exciting E3. It seems like maybe a an average to below average E3 in terms of news. It's kind of a mid-console cycle. There right. isn't a new console coming out except the Xbox One X, which we will get to shortly, but not a full console. So it's not maybe quite as news-packed and announcement-packed as some E3s have been. But Nintendo came along after most of the other major press conferences. And yeah, last day just of kinda, event. Yeah, and just used their ultimate, basically. Like, <laughs> Nintendo Nintendo's the only company that can, I think, win E3 with one title screen and zero yeah. gameplay footage or details or, or anything. Just three words, Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, someone, uh, someone tweeted a picture and was like, uh, Metroid forum mods after this announcement. And it was like Bella Lugosi pushing the coffin of his... The, the hood of his coffin open, you know, <laughs> yeah. and emerging from yeah. the, from the grave. Yeah, that got me ri like just ridiculously excited. I'm mm -hmm. not a Xenoblade Chronicles type person. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that Super Mario Odyssey looked mm -hmm. really incredible, but yeah, the Metroid Four announcement got me pretty hype. And like, I found myself going, "Yeah, I'll buy Skyrim if I can play like as Link." <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah, like the I'll Nintendo. Play it again as Link. <laughs> The Nintendo winning even extended to other companies like like the Skyrim mod or or Ubisoft's presentation with Mario Rabbids it even now, looked good and impressed people. <laughs> Nintendo uh, could do no wrong here. I mean, it's something I didn't feel like I needed was a Mario <laughs> XCOM game, uh -huh. and I guess I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will buy that a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, if there is a Nintendo first party character that you care about 
it seems like there's probably a game coming for that yes. character. There's new Pokemon game coming, right. new Kirby game coming. Kirby. If you care about Kirby, new Yoshi game coming. Two Metroid games, not just Metroid Prime 4, but also a side-scroller remake, a remake of Metroid 2, which is coming for 3DS, Metroid Samus Returns. You've got Breath of the Wild DLC, which looks yes. interesting. So... And yeah, as you mentioned, Xenoblade 2 is coming this holiday season. Rocket League is coming to Switch. I think every console for the rest of time should be mandated to have some version (laughs) of Rocket League on it. So this was just a a really... There's a Pokemon RPG coming. Right. So I don't know if there's a hole here. Like, I guess people would have liked to see Animal Crossing, maybe. But this is just a lot to be excited about. Mario Odyssey looks great. We've only seen the trailer, but we've read a, a bunch about it. And our, our guest last week, Jason Schreier, got to play it for half an hour or so and posted his impressions. And it sounds weird and wild and crazy. And it has to do with hats and possessing other people and enemies and inanimate objects with hats. And they turn into Mario with Mero's hat and mustache, and it's you can drive. You can have your hat on a taxi cab. Yeah, <laughs> as you drive it around, so you can know that you're you know which car you're driving. Yeah, and it's coming pretty soon too, October twenty seventh, which is exciting. And it seems like it's structured a little differently from the new Super Mario games or the Galaxy games. It's more of a, a sunshine or Super Mario 64 structure with worlds, sort of smaller subsets of the of the game that you can go to. And there are no stars. There are moons of some sort that are yeah. apparently much more common than the stars were. So these are big areas that, according to Jason, have fast travel, fast travel in a Mario game. So this is just exciting. And you can trust that because it's Nintendo, it will be good, basically. Like, you never just want to assume that a game will be great. But when Nintendo has kind of earned that, and this has been in development for three and a half years, and it sounds like, based on Jason's impressions, that they've managed to do what they did with Breath of the Wild, which is make a really big game world that feels incredibly detailed and packed with secrets and stuff to see in exploration. So not sure about the theme song, but other than that, it looks like it's on the right track. Can't wait to play it. And if we didn't have switches, I imagine we would <laughs> want them if uh, after after seeing all this stuff. Are you a Kirby person? I'm not really. Mm. Are you? I, you know what? I'm interested uh, in this one. I've never been a particularly a Kirby person. Maybe that's because it always seemed like Kirby was the title that Nintendo released as they were getting ready to end a console's life cycle like it yeah. was always seemed like the the burn it down game yeah uh but this one looks kind of interesting and also that you know i'm glad that they're doing it now and not four years from now when mm-hmm. the last game of the switch's life cycle yeah it looks kind of fun i mean everything that i think nintendo really didn't have a weak spot in their lineup they gave you mm. almost everything that you wanted and just like you said animal crossing would have driven me insane or even <laughs> if they would have announced like you know the the Stardew Valley port or some indies, mm-hmm. some like indies that you would expect to come over to Switch. But at you know, other than that, I think they did they had a really great great E three. Yeah. We don't know much of anything about Metroid Prime Four. We know it's <laughs> we know nothing. It's, it's not developed by Retro, <laughs> yeah. which made the original Prime games, but it is led by the series producer of the Metroid Prime games. And I don't know, Metroid Prime Three kind of tied things up and didn't really lo- leave a lot of loose yeah, endings. It was, it was so. a totally 
yeah, it was a finished story, so it would be interesting to see whether they do prequel, what it is. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a sure thing that we would see a Metroid Prime 4, although people have obviously been clamoring for it forever. But this is one of those games that gets announced at E3, and then we're going to be seeing it for two or three E3s to come. Probably yes. it's it's nowhere near release, so it's exciting that it exists and that was just kind of Nintendo dropping the mic, and I think they did a good job of that. That's, I mean, it's their their first party stuff is their strength, and they showed it off to its best advantage at also this the, the Switch. Conference. The more I've been playing it, I've been playing primarily like two minutes of Mario Kart a day when I have two minutes, and just like continuing to chip away at Zelda. Mm-hmm. Got one beast left, one divine beast left, the one on the volcano. Uh-huh. Man, that console is great. <laughs> it's like really like the just the ease of being able to like throw it in my backpack and take it and then plug it into the tele it's really like it's awesome mm-hmm. it's awesome yeah all right my other takeaway pirates this was a, a big week for mm-hmm. pirates and pirates games really I'm, I'm a big fan of pirates games in general and it's been a while since we've had a, a great one that really captured the the open world pirates lifestyle so we've got rares sea of thieves which we've uh, been seeing bits and pieces of for a I'm, while I'm now i'm so ready for sea of thieves Me i want to play it today i want to, <laughs> i want to, I to be like holding the guy holding up the map to you as you <laughs> as you pilot the ship across the open seas in search of in yeah. search of treasure yeah so this is a, an online multiplayer game it's it's cooperative. You will have a, a pirate band. You will control a ship. You yes. will attack other people. Yes. You'll explore different roles on the ship. I like it what sounds I'm hearing, like, ben. yeah, there's <laughs> chaos. It sounds yeah. like it's fun. You've got different people doing different things, and it's all kind of crazy. And it seems like the sort of thing that probably would be more fun if you have experienced people or people you know and can collaborate with as opposed to <laughs> random people. But there might be potential for, for crazy hilarity if it's just random people, too. And the water is beautiful. The water is, is beautiful. A, a game I mean, with good get, water. you got to get the water right if you're going to do it. Yeah. Pirate game. <laughs> it looks like they definitely have. And then the other big pirate game, Skull and Bones, which sure. Ubisoft announced, yeah. which is it's basically Assassin's Creed 4 right. Black Flag without, without any of the Assassin's Creed stuff. Right. It's just the, the sailing, the naval combat, which Which I have I am, to say is like I'm a great totally idea. Into. Yeah. It's really a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I am I'm very much into that. And I I'm just all in on, on pirates games generally. There was a there's a Pirates game called Pirates The Legend of Black Cat for PS2 back in 2002, and I remember just playing extraordinary amounts of that game, even though it wasn't that great, because it just, it was piratey. I like Pirates. Yeah. So Pirates having a great, strong showing at E3 this week, and it's really hard to tell, like, see if 3 looks excellent, but it's, it's hard to tell from a trailer or quick gameplay footage how it will actually feel, so I think not speaking specifically about Sea of Thieves, but if a game has a distinctive look, it gets a lot of buzz when it's first announced, and there's probably some correlation between making a game look good and making it play well, but it's not a perfect correlation. We should mention it's an Xbox One and Windows 10 exclusive, uh-huh. which Xbox, and we'll get into this later, Xbox and Microsoft, I thought, had a good showing outside of the announcement of their new console, which is yes. <laughs> which is an interesting place to be. But I thought, yeah, that yeah, siren I thought right now is, was... is coming for the Xbox oh, One X. I, hold on, I, 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 it's very appropriate. Uh, yeah, it's you know 
I thought they had a good showing, except for you know, five hundred dollars is a lot for Nick for a console. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, yes, we will. So my other big takeaway here, and it ties into the pirates, is that there is a lot of online multiplayer and co-op that appealed to me at this conference, and I've talked about this before. I'm largely a single-player gamer guy, which is why you're always mad at me for not playing with you on Xbox Live, but. I am often attracted to the single-player campaign, but there are a lot of games that make me want to be a multiplayer game at at this conference. And it started, I think, with in the EA press conference, which was kind of blah on the whole, but included A Way Out, which is a exclusively co-op game. That looks from, incredible. Yeah, from the developers of Brothers, uh, A Tale of Two Sons, which is uh, an indie game from 2013, which was really great. I love that game. It was short, but it just used controls in a really novel way. It, it's I still don't want to spoil the kind of the way that they managed to evoke emotion with dual joystick controls. And so A Way Out is a, a prison escape game that is played exclusively in co-op, either split screen or, or online, and that looks interesting. And then you've got Anthem, the new big Bioware IP, which looks like a cross between Destiny and, I don't know, Horizon, sort yeah. of a Horizon-style world, uh, a big shared world, open world type shooter. You've got Crackdown, which is uh, Terry Crews I've evidently never, is starring. Never, never been a big Crackdown person, but the trailer looked great. Yeah, I love the original Crackdown. Crackdown Two wasn't great, but it's uh, it's not so much for the the combat as just the traversal. It's a it's a game where you climb buildings and you're super powered and you can just leap over huge objects and it gives you a, a great empowerment feeling. So looking forward to Crackdown. Mention the two pirates games. We've got Call of Duty, which you are into. Yeah. You're into this Call is of my Duty. Unpo- unpopular opinion, right here. <laughs> Tell me why. Uh, Call of Duty World War Two. Ah, I'm into it. I'm gonna buy. I'll buy it. You know, because you know, for me, I guess the thing that kind of ruined Call of Duty for me was like just the overabundance of perks and kill streaks. Mm-hmm. Some of them just got out of control, especially as the game started to kind of iterate into future realities and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, just give me like a give me a grease gun and let me shoot at a Nazi and like there's no UAVs. All right, I'm into it. Fine. It uh-huh. li- I mean, I admit that it looks lame, but I'm into it. I'm going to play yeah. it. I'll, I'll play it. It's fine. Okay. It's a step. It's like five steps back. Whatever. I'll play it. <laughs> Boots on the ground. Yeah, Boots on the ground. <laughs> and yeah, even Beyond Good and Evil, which we will get to in a second, even that is online. So there's just a, a lot of exciting online multiplayer stuff at this conference. Battlefront was showed off both single player and multiplayer. Looked really good. I don't know what to make of that because yeah. Battlefront, of course, is going I, to look good. It's it's the it's the always it, that's always the thing with Battlefront. I mean, I watched it. Um, I know one of our podcast producers is very excited that droids are back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you show me good looking uh, Star Wars IP action footage in a mm-hmm. for a video game, yeah, I want to buy it. And then I just know that I'll be disappointed. You know, the last the last Battlefront was just it was disappointing. Um, yeah. And at the same time, I'll play it fine. I'll buy it. 
Yeah, that's how I felt about the first one. It was just, it was too Star Wars-y for me not to get it and try it, but it was pretty light on content and this one seems to have corrected that issue, but it just didn't, just didn't hook me gameplay-wise and this one, I don't know, it's too soon to tell, but it looks beautiful, obviously, and there is single player, which I appreciate. We did a whole podcast about how it's been a long time since we got a real original single player Star Wars game, and this is it. I'm still worried that it will be rushed or that it will feel like the multiplayer ported into single player, but based on impressions of people who've played it, it it doesn't feel like that, at least in the demo they showed. You can play as a Imperial Spec Ops soldier after the Battle of Endor, and you can go from flying around to shooting to more tactical, stealthy stuff. So Mm -hmm. it seems like a good mix of gameplay styles. I'm looking forward to it. So that's one of my main takeaways. I'm a single-player guy, but this made me want to multi and (laughs) co-op and make friends. I need more friends, I guess, is my takeaway from E3. And I thought Ubisoft had a a strong conference overall. It wasn't just the Mario Rabbids game that we mentioned and Skull and Bones, which look good. But, and, you know, the Beyond Good and Evil reveal is the big thing, of course. And I will talk about this, uh, I think, in our, our next winner positive takeaway, but... That was kind of your your big headline game coming back from the dead other than Metroid. And I have to say, I kind of care about Assassin's Creed again after yeah. looking at Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, I've been like, I've, I've, I've stated previously that ever since pretty much Assassin's Creed 2, I've been out. Me but too. I think this is, this looks like the game that might, that might bring me back in. Yeah, and they took a year off rather than continuing to crank them out, and it seems like they've managed to make more changes to this than they had in the previous ones. I don't care about or follow Assassin's Creed lore at all. It's a good good thing. (laughs) This one is set in ancient Egypt. It's a prequel, so maybe all that stuff will be a little less complex and crazy than it has been been it's kind of gotten out of control uh you sent me a youtube video when we when we talked about assassin's creed the movie just (laughs) trying to explain (laughs) assassin's creed's lore and it's just it spirals out of control it is the most insane thing like that you've ever heard in your life and i as a person that reads like a lot of sci-fi and fantasy and reads comic books assassin's creed lore is fucking insane <laughs> I, it's insane I, there's no other way to put it it is the craziest shit you've ever read <laughs> yeah. so i hope they dial that down a bit for this one and it seems like they've added a bunch of mechanics there's like action rpg stuff yeah. there's leveling up and loot drops and customization and looks like the combat is better and more action heavy which i appreciate no more towers now they're bird drones basically that you can control anyway looks sufficiently different that i'm thinking of picking it up and and ending my assassin's creed hiatus so just accomplishing that I think is is a win for Ubisoft and and that brings us I guess to the next big winner takeaway positive impression which is that a bunch of games that we haven't seen in some time got sequels or reboots of defunct franchises yeah. we've already talked about Metroid Prime 4 and then there's Beyond Good and Evil what are your feelings <laughs> about Beyond Good and Evil Well let's see I mean like it- 
fine. They released a trailer. The trailer was very funny. <laughs> all uh, CGI. All CGI. I do not believe that this game is coming out until <laughs> I hear a date or see some gameplay footage because it's been, what, 11 years? <laughs> yeah, a really long 12, time. Like, so the first one was beloved. I thought it was good. If overhyped, yeah, our, yeah. our colleague, our colleague and former guest Victor Lukerson had an extremely hot take about <laughs> Beyond Good and Evil on on Ringer Slack. He said the first Beyond Good and Evil was a seven out of ten Zelda clone. I've never Whoa! understood the obsession. He's going going in on Beyond Good and Evil. I I don't totally disagree. Like yeah. I liked Beyond Good and Evil, but it's not a game that I've really been right. pining for a sequel for ever since. It's it's nice. It looks like they really changed it up which is good it's not just more of the same which is appropriate since it's been a really long time so i know a lot of people are thrilled about this and i'm i'm happy for them not a a huge beyond good and evil head myself yeah well let's let's see if it actually comes out i'm i wish them good luck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right and then you've got some games uh, spider-man we've got a new yeah. spider-man game coming from insomniac and it looks like it captures that spider-man 2 web-slinging open city sort of fun and also makes it more arkham with good combat and stealth and i don't know if it will have the same darkness and seriousness it's spider-man so so probably not but at least mechanically, it looks like it's learned a lot from other successful superhero games. And so I'm excited for Spider-Man. I guess it's an exciting time for Spider-Man IP in general. <laughs> yeah, but sure. it's, it's been a while It's been a while since a, a Spider-Man video game I was excited about. So, so that's nice. And even Kingdom Hearts 3 had a trailer. It was nice to see that. I guess it's had trailers in the past, but based on what you can tell from a trailer, which is not much. Right. It looked fun and liked Kingdom Hearts, and there's still no release date or anything, so I don't know how much closer we actually are. But always nice to be reminded that it still exists, and in the wake of Final Fantasy fifteen and Last Guardian and all these games that we weren't sure we would ever see coming out, I want to believe that we will see Kingdom Hearts 3 sometime. And also a new God of War game, which okay. I'll, I'll talk about in a minute in my, my skepticism portion about one aspect of God of War. But it's been a while. God of War 3 was like 2010, it's crazy. I think, was the last, though. yeah, the real flagship God of War game. And so we have another God of War game coming. I'm I'm moderately happy about that, I guess. I, I Again, I haven't really been pining for God of War, but it's it's kind of like Gears of War. Like when there's a new one, I'm I'm happy yep. that there's a new one. I'm, I look forward to playing it. That's about my level of excitement. And you wanted to talk about indie games, right? You were impressed by some indie games. Yeah, Cuphead, which has kind of been long mm-hmm. gestating, and it's this uh, kind of platformer that uses the art style of, I would say, like early Disney, you know, like those kind of shorts, st- mm-hmm. tugboat, steamboat Willie, that kind of stuff. Um, right. Looks really fun. Hopefully it's coming out. Um, but they yeah, had a trailer. It has a date, right? September 29th. Yeah. It has a date. Yeah. So we're hoping that that comes out soon. They've been at the last two E3s with gameplay mm-hmm. footage. Then the last night from now, the last night, let's separate... <laughs> The last night, uh, I, no one really knows what it is. It kind of, to me, it looks like a kind of a mashup of Hyperlight Drifter and Blade Runner, if you can imagine yeah. what that what that aesthetic is. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then it later turned out that developer Tim Saray is a mm-hmm. fervent Gamergate guy, and he's now 
backing away from his various tweets and forum posts of three years ago. Three years ago, guys, it was a long, that was a lifetime ago. We're all a lot different. We're all, we're so, we're very different than we were then. Who knows what you were tweeting in 2014. Who knows? And also, like, I've got this game the last night, please buy it. You know, so like, uh, that game looks incredible, but it all depends on how, how you feel about Gamergate and if it's going, if that's going to stop you from buying a game, who knows? Uh, yeah. Player Unknown Battlegrounds. It's is that technically an indie? I I'm gonna call it it. Yes, I'm gonna say yes. Sure. Um, yeah. But coming to Xbox. Coming to Xbox. So For us, we can finally get in on this. Uh, so yeah, that is a game that I was also um, really excited yeah. about. So yeah. Me too. P- people have been asking us to do a Battlegrounds yeah. episode, and we want to, but our computers are <laughs> yes. too weak to yes. to get the full battleground yeah. experience so we need the console port which i don't know if it will will be as good but we're we're looking forward to being able to play that yeah and and tacoma is coming yeah very soon also august 2nd from the makers of gone home exploring a space station so looking forward to that game too so yeah it was it was pretty good i don't know if the the volume of indie games was there but the the quality Certainly. was there there's some some games we're we're really looking forward to and i don't know i'm just uh i'm scanning through my list of of things that i noticed or or was interested in it, it seems like in addition to the standard DLC, we were getting Horizon Zero Dawn DLC, yeah. which is exciting, and, and Breath of the Wild DLC. It seems like the trend now is toward this kind of quasi-DLC that is actually right. a standalone game. So, of course, Uncharted is getting a semi-sequel, sort of, sort of. that is not DLC. It's a, it's a standalone product, but maybe is not quite as long or big or huge as a as a full-fledged uncharted game remains to be seen but now there's a, a dishonored version of that so sure. dishonored death of the outsiders coming in september and stars billy lurk one of the characters from dishonored dishonored 2 which we were both Luke. lukewarm on yeah. contrary to the, put, the general I'll put reaction that on the list but <laughs> i'm not sure when i'll get to it yeah right it's interesting because um you know uh bethesda is really kind of like the top studio for these games that are always praised for their design. Mm-hmm. You know, the mechanics and gameplay design and level design. And Dishonored is definitely one of those, especially you hear developers say, oh man, the level design in that game. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And, and they made some other big announcements. I mean, Wolfenstein, new Wolfenstein coming. Hey. I'm just not a Wolfenstein guy I don't know we all have our our weird gaming blind spots it's not it's not that I don't like Wolfenstein it's more just that I haven't experienced Wolfenstein for whatever reason so at every E3 there are these huge announcements that a lot of people are excited about that just don't really register for you like there's a a big new monster hunter game coming out which a lot of people are thrilled about i'm just not a monster hunter person and so that just kind of goes over my head which is not to downplay the import of it but just the personal import is not quite the same but wolfenstein you're you like wolfenstein well, I, the first one is okay. It was surprisingly good. Uh, with like story-wise, it was surprisingly deep. Mm-hmm. It, gameplay is what you'd expect. Um, but yeah, this trailer for the new Wolfenstein kind of plays. You f- almost feel like fast and loose with some like extremely explosive imagery. Obviously, you're fighting Nazis. There's like one section of the trailer where you're walking through what looks like New Orleans, and there's just clan guys hanging out like mm-hmm. just shooting the shit in the full white robes 
I'm I am interested in what this game is. Yeah, if I can shoot Nazis in the streets, okay. Mm-hmm. And also, it just it just seems like, uh, you know, there's a lot of over the tops. So there's a there's a, the end portion of the game is like people sneaking around in the you know post apocalyptic dystopian Nazi world, mm-hmm. and one of the guys is tripping on acid. Yeah. So you know, like, all right, fine, I'll buy your game. <laughs> I'll try it. I'll try it. That looks very. That looks weird enough to be interesting to me. Yeah. And the um, you know, the gameplay trailer was one of the better gameplay trailers that they showed. Mm-hmm. There is an art to the reveal and the gameplay trailer and the the first hands-on. There's some where you can just tell that a lot of expertise went into making it look excellent in a two to five minute form and others yeah. where sometimes the presentation goes on a little too long and it's hard to tell what's going on. So that can have a lot to do with the initial response to a game when we hardly actually know anything about it or have played it ourselves. And yeah, in the in the genre of games that PC gamers have been enjoying for a while that I've been coveting because I've become more of a console game, I'm also looking forward to Undertale coming to ps4 haven't played that looking forward to belatedly getting to it looking forward to the sequel to ori also ori and the world of the wisps that looks beautiful yeah i i liked ori a lot it was hard (laughs) the save system was unforgiving and uh, there was a special edition of it that kind of made it a little more accessible but yeah looking forward to to that too did you have any thoughts about Anthem other than just Yeah, uh well it looks it looks the graphical fidelity is beautiful and the art design is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm always a little lukewarm on third person action games. Yeah. It's just you know, I I think, you know, if when I'm when I'm playing a game where my character's carrying a big gun, I just I just prefer that first person style. Mm-hmm. It just looks weird. Something about the look of, you know, a character, I was watching some of the gameplay footage and it's like the way a character kind of strafes back and forth in this weird kind of like something about the way the character stays centered in the camera frame and then just kind of like lifts the legs up and down and the, and the world spins around them it looks weird to me and mm-hmm. not immersive in a, in a, in a, some kind of strange way. I don't know if that means like if they added camera shake or whatever, mm-hmm. it just feels not as immersive as first person to be. That said, I mean, I'll, it looks incredible otherwise. That's just a personal preference of mine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if BioWare's demonstrated that they can make a game whose action can carry it. I, I mean, right. I think obviously some of the Mass Effects have had good action and, and shooting, and but it, it's always sort of about the story and the world, and so I don't know. It's It's just too soon to say, like, Destiny had a incomprehensible story at least early on but it was addictive and a lot of fun just because the the core gameplay was just really hard to put down i don't know whether bioware has that same ability but we will see i mean if you you can think about this game as the game that caused mass effect to be bad yes right so it better be good it better be good (laughs) right (laughs) yeah and so, so let's move on to some things that i guess we were underwhelmed by that we have doubts about questions about and i suppose we have to start with the xbox one x sure yeah i mean 500 dollars. start there that's a lot of money it is that for a piece of hardware that i'm not quite sure what question it answers Mm -hmm. 
unless you're like a real enthusiast, almost with a lot of money to burn and a 4K TV already in your house, yeah. or you're looking to buy a 4K TV, I'm not really sure why you'd get this console I don't, right now. I don't know a lot of those people. <laughs> I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, Mallory Rubin, our editor and friend, has uh -huh. a 4K TV. She's Does she? A, wow. I did not notice about gamer. her. Yeah. Um, her husband is a big gamer, though. Big gamer. So I'm, you know, kudos to them. <laughs> they might get an Xbox One X, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's like, it's just, I'm not in the market for another, for a $500 console that I would only enjoy to its fullest extent if I paid $2,000 for, for a new TV. It's just, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've still resisted getting a PS4 Pro, right? And that's yeah. only $400. And so much of the messaging on this thing centered around the 4K and true 4K and upscaling games from 1080p. And yeah. that's nice. And I, I kind of care about those things, but I'm not close to getting a 4K TV. And, and there just wasn't enough exclusive to this new version of the console to interest me. And and maybe that is kind of what's holding these mid-generation updates back, which yeah. I don't mind, actually, because when we first talked about this as the PS4 Pro was coming out, we were kind of skeptical or, or even dreading this mid-console cycle update that we would have to buy more consoles like we it's kind of nice to know that you have the state-of-the-art console for six years or whatever it is and we talked about how when you're a pc gamer you're constantly worried about falling behind on specs and getting new graphics cards and we didn't want that to enter the console gaming world necessarily but right. but the downside of making everything compatible with these new ones and and that is still the case you can play every xbox one game on the x and you can play every x game on xbox one it's it just goes both ways and maybe it will look better on xbox one x but that in itself is just not enough of a reason for me to upgrade and i guess i should be happy because i don't necessarily want them to make a new system that i have to buy but the fact that they are not making it a must-buy just makes me question if there's enough to to separate it here from the xbox one s which is sounds the same and is half the price and is basically the same size and does almost all of the same things so right and and if the and if the marketing i mean essentially they're marketing it as you know the most powerful console in the market which has been the way they've always marketed xboxes you know i yeah. remember the first xbox was that was the marketing is oh feel the power behind this right. know, this thing at the same time you know, like third-party developers, it's up to them whether they're going to have games run on 60 FPS on Xbox One. I don't personally give a shit about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm playing the Switch, like, all the time, and I do not... <laughs> yeah. I'm not sitting there, like, uh, obsessing about uh, frame rate and, you mm -hmm. know, and resolution. At the same time, if you're marketing your thing as, like, the most powerful console in the market and it's not... You, you're not even going to be able to take advantage of it all the time, and it's five hundred dollars. It's just tough. That's a tough ask. But six teraflops, Jason. Hey, man. six teraflops. teraflops. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. If you care about having the most right. powerful machine, care, be a yeah. PC gamer, right? Like that. That's the thing. <laughs> this is not even powerful by PC gaming standards, it's, really. It's like 
it's kind of powerful. Right. And then the, the other thing is that's a mugs game anyway, because let's say Microsoft or someone ever did produce a console that was like, this is more powerful than most gaming PCs. Mm-hmm. That would only last for six right. months. Yeah. You know, right. like, and then it'd be over. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's pointless to chase that kind of thing because the PC market is based on constantly being able to upgrade your graphics card, mm-hmm. et cetera. And it's just, you know, yeah, we don't want that. We're console gamers for a reason because we're lazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of the games that are most optimized for yeah. the X are also on PC or will be. So you can't even really claim that there's that much exclusivity here. So, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I'm almost relieved that it's not something yeah. I feel like I have to buy, but that's probably not great news for Microsoft. <laughs> so that's my takeaway about the X. And I guess I was somewhat underwhelmed by the VR presence at E3. There sure. were a lot of games that Doom have... VR. Yeah, Doom VR, Fallout 4 VR, Fallout 4, Skyrim yeah. VR, Super Hot VR. I don't know how Doom VR will work because that's a, a game that the movement is so central to it. And I think it has that kind of teleport mechanic that a lot of VR games use. So I don't know how well that will translate, but... I've played these games, or if you want to have played these games, you've already played them. If you like them and you have VR, it's nice, but I don't know if it's a reason to get VR to re-experience them. And so, I don't know, there wasn't like a lot of exciting new VR hardware announced. The new games that were announced, there was a, a game called Transference, a, a Ubisoft yeah. game that Elijah Wood is is involved in, but there weren't many details about it, so... I just I measure everything that happens in VR by just how much it makes me covet VR and right. there have been some recent releases that have made me covet VR but there wasn't it, a whole lot Star, it's Star Trek only Yeah it's it's largely <laughs> Star Trek for sure Yeah <laughs> but uh there just there wasn't a whole lot this week that made me feel bad about not being a, a VR person Yeah yet. same mm-hmm. same I mean unless it's for me it's two issues one it needs that killer game right needs that one killer game that will push it over the top and two, uh price point you know until mm-hmm. the price point becomes such that i'm willing to you know i'd be people would be willing to buy something that they're really not going to use that much mm-hmm. you know and when they do use it it's going to be on games that they've likely already played until that happens i don't think i think you know vr is still going to remain on the margins obviously it's in some way is part of the shape of the future of gaming and media as well but mm-hmm. we're just not sure how yeah there's there's no killer app essentially yeah maybe ace combat 7 somewhat hey. excited for ace combat 7 in vr or there's a a game called moss that looks like Redwall in vr that looks kind of fun but yeah not a whole lot there and then God of War, I was somewhat skeptical, not about the game, I'm sure it'll be fun and look great, but the new sensitive, vulnerable Kratos <laughs> that we are getting. We're flesh out his character. <laughs> apparently, which is not personally something I care about or want. Kratos has always had father issues. Yeah, you know? so <laughs> now he is a father. He has a son yeah. in this game. He's older. He has a beard. Evidently, he <laughs> he has a softer side, although he's still ripping people's arms off. So, uh, you know, I'll reserve judgment if they manage to somehow make God of War a great story and character game, too. That would 
be nice, but not something I've ever really wanted or cared about with God of War. It's, it's just about yeah. extreme carnage and cool graphics and fun set pieces for me. So adding depth to Kratos' character is, is not something I really cared about. But if they can pull it off and make it a worthwhile addition, great. I'll, I'll enjoy that. I'll probably play it anyway. Yep. You mentioned sports games and yeah. extended rollouts for sports games. Yeah, uh, EA had their uh, their E3 kind of center like a couple blocks from the Ringer's offices. Mm-hmm. You know, they rolled out the new FIFA, they rolled out Madden. I just, you know, it's 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 underwhelming to sit there and watch that. I can't. I watch the stream. I can't imagine what it's like to be there. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's Madden. It's FIFA. Great. Yeah. I I don't understand the 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 thinking behind having that be a huge part of a multi you know of like a double digit minutes rollout. Mm-hmm. It's we everybody knows what it is, and unless you're coming with a like revolutionary new mechanic or part of the gameplay, it just feels extremely. It's un it's extremely underwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, you're talking about a, a series of games that, for the most part people buy because they know exactly what it is mm-hmm. and you know they're just you're just hoping for an updated roster so it's just it's not my favorite part of e3 madden has a story mode now oh, does that great. do it for you <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure i mean I, you know I, i'm sure that it's uh, similar to the thing that's been going on in fifa and mm-hmm. 2k with the my player modes where you you kind of build your character and kind of you know work him up through the ranks from a rookie to an established veteran to you, you hope uh, winning a title. Um, I don't know. You know the, the other thing is especially for Madden, it's kind of a weirder. It's weirder in the context of football where there are so many players. Like mm-hmm. you'd have to be the quarterback or the running back or some important crucial part of the team. Like you couldn't just be like the you know, be the center mm-hmm. or like the I guess the tight end would be okay, but it's it, it would be interesting to see how that plays out. But it's not it doesn't make me want to buy Madden mm-hmm. unless I already wanted to play play Madden. And last thing you you wanted to potentially question or or discuss rather than celebrate prematurely, Shadow of Colossus, not oh, just uh, hey, <laughs> it looks well. Here's the thing: complete remake so for PS4. Complete remake. They have announced it as a complete remake. With alternate controls, you can change the controls, which was a kind of now, and that's my it, that's my issue essentially with it. I am it looks amazing. What they showed looks incredible. Mm-hmm. That said, the original, the thing that made the original magic, and the thing that I think makes the way to a genius in terms of game design is the badness and the clunkiness. And we've talked about this before. For me, those are crucial parts of the experience. You know, like the clunkiness of climbing the Colossi and then just kind of like button mashing for 15 minutes to bring it down is an important part of the experience of playing the game as were the, the graphics. Now mm-hmm. um, with the increased graphical resolution and, and bringing everything into 2000, you know, state of 2017 video game presentation presentation. Can you, do you also balance that improvement with a tweak to the controls i'm just skeptical that the the experience will be as powerful as as the original one because there is 
the way the graphics and the sound and the kind of clunky controls work together is what made that game incredible. It wasn't necessarily just that. It wasn't just the visuals. It wasn't just the graphics. So mm-hmm. I, I'm skeptical. Yeah. But I will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we've ended our discussions yeah. of a lot of games so I'll get it. in this I episode. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm in favor of anything that lets a new generation of gamers yes. appreciate yes. a great game and, and discover a great game. So I don't know whether it will be something that's necessary for people who've already played it or, or whether it will totally overhaul the experience or, or make it like a new experience or whether it will just be a nostalgia trip for people who've already played it. But just right. making it accessible and good looking is probably a, a positive, assuming that it's not screwed up and doesn't go backward in any way. If it's the same thing with a new coat of paint and hopefully probably it will be more than that. But even if it that's what it is, and I know that the game got, I think, a, an HD re-release for, for PS3, but it's a great game, so you could keep putting it out and I won't necessarily buy it every time, but if someone discovers it each time for the first time, I'm I'm happy that's happening, I suppose. Extremely lukewarm take on that, but yeah. that's, that's generally how I feel about most remakes and, and remasters. So I think that was all the major stuff I wanted to hit. Is there anything we've left out that, that you wanted to mention? You know, that's really it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I enjoyed... E3 this year, and I think they've. I think for the most part, the presenters kind of they kept it moving. Yeah, which I appreciated also. Well, the whole conference is so oriented toward streaming audiences now that yeah. it's just like every presentation is just a a string of trailers and videos. Basically, there aren't a whole lot of just big groups of people standing up there talking about how great the development team is and and all that kind of thing that used to take up time it's it's pretty quick and efficient now and you hardly have to be there at least for the press conference portion of the conference to to see everything so yeah okay so i'm glad we could do this this is a little out of character for us we don't do a whole lot of looking forward on this podcast to to games that we're anticipating because my general attitude is it will come out when it comes out and we'll see how good it is and then we'll talk about it i don't do you have a a peak period in your life where your coveting of games was at its highest level like absolutely there were times when it would like keep me up at night if there was a game that i was looking forward to i think the peak period for me was I guess it was maybe late in grammar school for me or early in high school. I forget what year it was, but when PS2 and GameCube and the original Xbox were coming out, I think that was when my anticipation was at its peak. And I, like in my bedroom, I had like calendars on the wall where I was like crossing <laughs> off each day as it got closer to console releases. I bought video game magazines and you know they would show like these extremely detail free previews of games that were coming out with like one screenshot and just the basic premise and I would staple all of these things together and like flip through them like my own little highlight reel of games I was looking forward to it was like an all consuming thing and also when I was a kid and relied on gifts for my game acquisition my birthday is christmas so Christmas and my birthday same day so there was like only one day a year when I could get stuff so that was like 
just the biggest day of the year for me. It was like, if I don't get these games now, I'm never going to get them. And so I would make lists. I would try to intelligence gather. I would snoop. I would eavesdrop, try to figure out what I was getting. Wow. And was I, I was very serious about my game right. acquisition at the time. And, and now I have a much more laid back attitude about the whole thing. And there are always great games coming out. So I feel like I can just wait for other great games and, and see how they are when they get there. But I kind of miss just that extreme greed that I had at that point in my life. My I, my absolute peak of games thirst yeah. was around E3 2003 when they released the Halo 2, the original mm. like gameplay demo. Yeah, and you know so it's pretty <laughs> rough stuff, but it's Master Chief coming in like on the uh, into New Mombasa. He drops in, and it's the first kind of look at dual wielding and the first look at brutes. And I just remember being I watched it. I probably watched it like a hundred times in a row just being like oh my god i can't wait for this game to come out when is this game coming out when is this game and i i and that that went on for it felt like a year yeah just crazy <laughs> i remember that yeah. feeling i i miss yeah. that feeling sometimes yeah all right, so busy gaming week. Glad we could do this. We'll be back in a couple days. If you want to discuss E3 with other achievement-oriented yeah. listeners, join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash achievement-oriented. You can also send us questions on Twitter at AchievementPod. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. that helps us out. And we will be back to talk to you all very soon. Thanks, Jason. Thank you.